Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grombacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Robert Baccarella. Bob, are you ready to do this? Absolutely. Look forward to it. Excellent. Let's do this. Bob is the founder and portfolio manager at Moneta Financial, and he is an expert in the world of growth investing, specifically growth stocks. I'm excited to have you on. Bob, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure. I, I've been in the investment business for about 38 years. Um, I started as an auditor with KPMG, went to Borg Warner in 71, and was a manager of pension assets there for a number of years. And then in 1979, I started out an investment club. And that's really the foundations of where Moneta came from. In, in, in that home at my mother's dining room table, five of us sat around the table and said, what are we going to call this thing? And we said, well, we looked up the word money and uh, the the thesaurus dictionary and we came up with the word moneta so we said well let's call it moneta like and it. that was kind of yeah the foundation of the whole now that 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 investment club turned into a partnership and then and, and eventually an investment advisor in 1984 and then in 1986 we launched the moneta fund which has now been in existence over 32 years and and then in 06 we launched the moneta core growth fund and that's kind of how we got started with this whole concept of money management and, and the whole Moneta organization. Excellent. So I'm sure that it's changed over the years, but talk to us a little bit about what your approach to investing is. Well, I've been, I've seen almost all sides. I've seen small cap, large cap, mid cap. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and what I found out is at, at certain points in my career, I was number one in Lipper and in other areas I was dead last. And I said, wait a minute, you know, this doesn't seem right. I'm taking a lot of risk and volatility to get, you know, a little bit above average returns. And that kind of gravitated me toward where I think most people ought to be focused on, and that's in the large cap growth area. It's very defined. They're they're very large companies with established bases, and people can relate to them. So that's why I've shifted everything, especially in 06 when we launched the core growth fund where we decided that what we need is a combination here that would give people an opportunity to make money in up markets, but at the same time, the real key is not to give it back in down markets. Got it. So you launched the Core Growth Fund in 2006, and how'd that go yes. for uh, for uh, the next couple of years? Oh, it was phenomenal because of our defensive bent. We did very well in 08. We, we didn't lose anywhere near as much as the market did. In, in 08, and that kind of set the tone for the for the remaining nine years. In 09, we did very well too as the market rebounded. So those two years combined together made a significant difference in our alpha and our overall performance over the years. Since then, we've kept pace and done a little bit better than the market, and that's the whole idea. You, you want to kind of keep pace with the market, but not really experience the panic and the sell-off that a lot of people dread and fear during a correction period. And, you know, with the large cap growth, and, and, and I can get into the structure of the funds and why we set it up the way we did, but the, the big thing with large cap growth is is that it's an area that you can relate to and there are companies that you know. I'm going to follow a little bit of the Peter Lynch theory only by companies that you know and also Warren Buffett with the idea is you buy companies that you think have a competitive edge. These typically tend to be large cap growth companies. 
Got it. Nice. All right. So you mentioned that uh, in 2008, when everything else went really haywire, your fund did not do, it didn't have the same, um, it wasn't impacted quite quite the same way because of your defensive bent, I think is, is what you said. T- tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, well, you know, and what happens is during a market correction, especially like 08, that was pretty significant. You know, that, that was on the verge of a recession, and uh, the markets plummeted like 34%. Now, the combination of uh, index and funds, which is the market itself going down that, and large cap growth go down just as much. And I always try to relate to the fact is that, you know, when if you, if you go outside in a rainstorm, you're going to get wet. Okay, we all get wet, right. but the key is what you do during that rainstorm, and that's where the active manager has to come alive, and that's exactly what we did. When the market plummeted, you know, we had have to put an index, which serves as ballast, actually, in a market correction. The growth stocks that we buy, and let's talk like an Amazon or, or a Netflix, those are companies that significantly correct much more than the market during a pullback, but at the same time, they're the ones that come back the fastest. So what you want to do is not shy away from a market correction during that time, but you buy those premium growth companies when they're on sale, when they're selling at a significant discount. And that's what we do. We shift then over from the balance portfolio, the index, and buy the best growth companies we can because those are the first ones that come out, especially during uh, during times when there's fear in the marketplace and everybody's saying, oh my gosh, I've lost money. I don't want to lose anymore. I got to get out of this. Biggest mistake. People have to think of corrections as buying opportunities, not panic mode. Amazon isn't going away. Google isn't going away. It's just a price consideration. And that's what people have to really think about when when they face these periods of correction. Corrections are buying opportunities. You have to take advantage of that. And that's what we do. We come to life when the correction occurs. And I'll draw one quick analogy for you. It's like when you take a flight somewhere and that pilot's there at the controls, 80 to 90% of the time, he has that flight on autopilot, right? He's coasting along. You're taking the trip. But there are times of turbulence where he has to get involved, probably landing, taking off, and then getting around storms. That's exactly how we manage this fund. Most of the time, it's good enough to be half and half, half passive, half active. But there are times of turbulence where we have to become more involved. And we do that when we see something happening on the negative side. We come alive. That's when active managers really prove their worth. You've got to do something. You can't go defensive. I get calls all the time saying, well, you were in a late stage cyclical uh, bull market. What do you do? How do you protect the principal? You don't. Okay, you don't shift to defensive. You don't go to cash because you'll miss the advance. Everyone I know of that made that chip could never shift back into growth again. Not until it's, you've missed a significant part of the advance. And I'm saying like 80% of the market rebound occurs in a relatively short period of time. And if you're not there already, you've missed it. And the other point that, that's important for people to remember that the average market correction during a bear market is 71 days. That's it. 71 days. And, and it, it's not two, three years. It, it's just that short period of time. You've always got to stay invested. Very important. 
and use opportunities for market sellers like we had this past week as significant buying opportunities. Buying stocks on sale. Why don't we think of it that way? Why don't individuals think of corrections as, hey, I can buy them on sale? They don't. They panic out and say, I'm not buying anything. That's not the right approach. Right. That is one of those things that, that sounds easy and does hard for people just because I, I, I suppose it's, it's, it's our brains not, uh, not wanting to, to act uh, rationally. Oh, it's all about emotions. It, it's all about reaction and fear of losing more money. And that's, that's, that's a negative thing for most people. And it's hard to get over that. It, it took me. 38 years to learn that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, so a novice investor coming in for the first time say, Oh my God, what do I do here? Well, you know, you've got to have a philosophy and strategy and think long-term. The most successful investors over time don't pay any attention to the short-term variations in the market. They think long-term five years plus, and they buy the best companies they can buy and take advantage of sell-offs when they occur. Okay, so so you're saying that the average correction was was 71 days. What was what was the proper term? Yes, yes, the average length yeah. of a, a a recession or a period where stocks declined, okay, is 71 days, and that's ever since we've been keeping records. Now there have been times where it's been longer, and other times where it's been shorter. Sometimes we went through the V-shaped corrections, you know, where the stocks hit a bottom and rebounded right away. But you got to think of it that most corrections or downturns are temporary in nature. That's the really point I want to make, and that you shouldn't view them as significantly negative, but you should view them as opportunities to accumulate good growth companies when they're selling at a discount. You know, they don't last that long. Most of the time, the market has an upward bias to it. Most of the time, over the long term. it's yeah, And that's what you've got to play over the long term. I mean, I, I have to wonder something. People say, well, I invest in the S&P 500 index. Well, what are you worried about? The S&P 500 index is 500 stocks that that have generally gone up since we've been keeping records of it. But we run into these periods, these pockets of correction those are your buying opportunities. You got to think of it that way. There's nothing now. Now there is some risk you're going to face if you buy individual stocks, but not in a large cap. You know, the only risk you're going to face during a correction in a large cap portfolio is the price level. It's going to fluctuate, either significantly up or down, depending on where you are in that cycle. Like one case in point would be Disney. You know, is Disney going out of business? Probably no. Not. No, they're probably not. And the key is. Where do you buy Disney? You can't market time it. If you really like Disney, you buy it on a consistent basis. And then when it dips during those periods of time, those 71 days, you buy more. You become more aggressive, not defensive. That's how you play this to win over the long term and generate a decent return for your retirement or for college or whatever you're trying to save for. Nice. So how do you counsel people to to be in a position to be able to do that if they're just if, if, if you would share maybe a model portfolio? Um, well, yeah, right. The first thing that everybody needs to do is to start an investment account. And most people don't have a whole lot of money. They, they have less than ten thousand dollars. Therefore, the first step they need to do is become diversified. And the way you become diversified is you buy either an index fund, which will give you that broad exposure to the market. Don't try to stock pick or go into individual securities, but 
form that base. And that's the base you add to on a consistent basis, whether it's $50 a month or $25 a month, you start with that. And then when the market dips and there's an opportunity to buy that S&P 500 at a discount, that's what you do. You, you add to your, you double up on your, your monthly contributions in order to take advantage of that situation. If they just did that, you'd be surprised how much they would over the long term outperform the market. Now, in our particular case, we're a little different because we're a combination of the two. Because we have that passive portion and the active portion. And with that active portion, we're trying to add incremental return to the market return over time. And that's the beauty about this fund. It's turnkey. So if, if people don't want the index but want to do a little bit better than the market, then they would consider something like the Moneta Core Growth Fund as an alternative to that. But to get started, they got to start with that. Then once their assets build up over time, and let's say they start accumulating a portfolio of 50, 60, 100,000, well, that's then when they should start considering individual stock investments or even bonds to start shifting into. It really depends on their risk tolerance level, and everybody's different. So they have to take a look at themselves and say, all right, am I willing to buy Disney here and pull a little bit out of that index? Because, boy, Disney looks awfully cheap. And if they did those little baby steps over time, you'd be surprised how much you would accumulate wealth. But the most critical thing in this whole process is dollar cost averaging into your investments. Not into a bad company, it's very different, but into your investments. Start out, I don't care if you start out with $1,000 or $10,000, you've got to add to that account. Don't think you're gonna do well by just throwing 10,000 into the market and saying, I'm gonna leave it for 30 years. It, it doesn't quite work that way. You've gotta to add to it. And especially during corrections, you ought to be celebrating. It's like Christmas. When you get a, a market <laughs> correction, it's like Christmas again. <laughs> Say, oh gosh, let's take advantage of it. And that's what they should be doing. But people got to, their mindset has to change a little bit. They can't view corrections as fear. Fear is the worst thing that could happen in, in, in the marketplace. And you have to act during those times when things are most stressed, because that's where you're going to get the biggest values. So that's that's one uh, whole area that that beginning investors need need to concern about. The other thing that's really important is you got to avoid market timing. Don't try to time the market. Don't say, oh gee, I, I should, I don't want to buy Amazon. It's just too expensive, and I'll wait for it to correct. It doesn't work. You got to start. You got to buy it. Even if you want to own 100 shares of Amazon, you buy 10 today. And then over time, you add another 10 and another, and, and you got to accumulate. You can't procrastinate. It's trying to think you can pick market tops and bottoms. I've been doing this for a long time. And I tell you, I can't time the market. It's uh, almost impossible because you just too many variables that occur, too many emotions are involved. And the best thing you can do is just look at the, at the good companies and buy them on their weakness. I know I'm re repeating myself time and time again, but that's critical for people to understand. No, I think that that's I think that that's that's excellent advice. So, how do you how do you counsel people to figure out what the really high quality investments are? Like like which what? which which of the stocks in the S and P five hundred are are really the best ones? Well, there's a, there's a number of criteria you look at. Number one is you want to buy the disruptors. It's talked a lot about on different shows and things, but Amazon, a premier growth company that isn't going away, 
Google, premier growth company, Apple. These are the kind of companies that you target and you look at. On any significant pullback, you take a look at them. Now, if you're going to try to buy these individually, you have to pay some attention to the technical features. You know, and one area that's been most consistent in giving you kind of a heads up as to whether or not to participate in those companies is something we call relative strength to the market. And what you want to see is these stocks showing better performance relative to the market over a, uh, a defined time period. And there's a lot of services out there that show you relative strength. And what you want to do is buy into that relative strength. Stocks go up for a reason. Okay. More people want to buy them. I remember one time I was in a classroom and I asked a question to everybody in, in, in the, uh, uh, the students there in the room. And I said, how many, let's say we had a stock that was at $10 and that's one, two stocks, one, both at $10. One went to 20 the other one went down to 5 How many of you would buy the $5 stock? Almost the whole <laughs> students there said $5. Absolutely, that's cheap. And that's exactly the wrong answer and why people lose money. Okay, you buy success. Something went right with that $10 stock that went to 20 Things are changing. That stock may have been Amazon in its early stages, 10 to 20 the other one that went from 10 to 5 might have been a blockbuster video. Right. <laughs> okay? It, they get cheaper. You buy into strength. You buy at new highs. The higher the stock price is, the less the risk. People don't understand that. They say, how could that be? How can you pay such a high price for stocks thinking that it's low risk? Because they have momentum. Because they have earnings. Because they have the underpinnings of what could be, as Peter Lynch calls it, a 10-bagger. That's what you got to look for. Don't be afraid of stocks at new highs. Embrace them. I like it. And that's, and that's where you, people got to be thinking about it. And, you know, the, the, the kids were saying, you know, you tell me, why do you think that, that stock went to $20? Is something bad going on there or good? you got to really break it down to real basic stuff. And that's the point I tried to drive home with the kids. I like it. Well, Bob, Savage Nation, is you ready for your difference-making tip? What do you have for them, sir? Difference-making tip here, and, and, and I'll make it specifically you know, toward the funds. One of the big things that's important to me is financial education and helping parents pay for college. This fund will do that because of our components. It's not just the investment strategy. But we have an educational component in our fund. If anyone goes to our website at moneta.com, they can see quarterly newsletters going back 10 years. They can get an investment kit. They can get all kinds of knowledge to learn the basics about money management and life skills. It's very important to me. It started with my kids, and I want everyone to be exposed to this because if I can make the kids better investors by going through our educational component, I felt like I've given back to everybody. The other thing we do for parents is free college tuition. Um, if they go into our website, if they sign up for the SAGE program, I can pay up to one year of their four-year college. There are 370 schools participating in this program. Please do it. I've had people call me up and, and, and say, hey, uh, you know, I missed it. Um, I didn't think my kids would go to one of those schools. Well, they end up going there, and they missed a uh, uh, one-year free tuition you know, over, over the four years. I, I can't get into specifics now, but 
it's all it's not just about investments but it's also giving back and you know my tip to them is start with this the beauty about our funds you can start with a hundred dollars and for a hundred dollars you get the education a hundred dollars you get the free college tuition it doesn't matter how much money it is and if they just start with a hundred anywhere they go with twenty five dollars a month you'd be surprised over time how it's going to add up and the last last lastly take advantage of market corrections double that investment to fifty dollars if the market corrects don't be afraid of it well that is great stuff that definitely gets a come on come on bob thanks so much for coming on the show where can savage nation learn more about you thank you george and you want everybody to go to uh to moneta moneta.com yes they can go to moneta.com and they'll see a couple of choices there on websites and kind of peruse that. And then there, you'll see an educational and a college tuition and then a whole investment section on there. And, uh, again, it's very low investment requirement. Um, if you don't want them to do an automatic investment plan, which I highly encourage, you can start out with as low as $1,000 or, or with the AIP, $100. Very affordable. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Bob your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to Moneta.com and take advantage of all those excellent resources he was just referencing. Thanks again, Bob. Great. Thank you for your time. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.